my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode Deep State Debauchery, Technocratic Simulations, and Engineering Enlightenment. Why? Well, you've got the whole case with Roger Stone, Trump declaring a national emergency, sheriffs disobeying anti-gun laws, Facebook's increasing power, not only over our physical lives, but over our digital lives as well. Uh, In the latter part of the episode, I'll be getting real esoteric or real mystical with you guys, talking about the concept of nirvana, enlightenment, versus just being woke. We have a whole lot of things to discuss in this episode, but before we do few updates for you guys. I am still fighting the cold from season seven. I know, it's crazy. I work out every day, take care of myself, and I still have this cold, so that's something else entirely. Thank you guys for the birthday wishes. I still have a beat Kingdom Hearts 3. You'll hear me weave that all throughout this episode. Just, Just pay attention to that. Also, download the show notes on our website and follow along with the broadcast. If you're thinking about becoming an exclusive member, you're in luck. We're coming up with exclusive member broadcasts. Lastly, we are launching our page, Liberation Legion. I'll put that link in the description bar below so you guys can go find it, support the operation. If you like what you're hearing, share it with a friend. Other than that, I have nothing really to report. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and whoa, do we have a lot to talk about. First off, I want to say thank you guys for the birthday wishes. Uh, It's not something I talk about a lot. Clearly, I'm very, I don't know, what's the word? Interesting, whenever it comes to emotions and celebrations and stuff like that, so thank you guys for your contributions. Uh, No, I have not finished Kingdom Hearts, and ironically enough, I will try to tie in some of what I have actually played into this episode, because I think it's important. Prior to actually getting onto the air, doing this this episode, you know, I kind of had a few notes here, uh, and and, and this is just... Always, I always have notes, scribbles everywhere. This is just kind of like what's popping off of my mind as I'm trying to get everything together. You know, the psychology of activism, the effects of social engineering, you know, long-term mind control, psychological conditioning, essentially. Uh, And you've heard me talk about this before, how I feel like social media is just that, our own version of uh, social engineering, you know, group psychosis. And then my mind started to drift and wander as it typically does. We are dealing with, you know... you have you, you you act a certain way in the real world, and you act a certain way online, and you act a certain way. Uh, and every, every, you know, I think it's the Japanese that have a saying: you have three faces that you show. You know, one that you show to your friends, one that you show to the world, and one that you show to yourself. You know, there's it's very interesting. And how that ties into you know what we're going to be talking about is just that how how they're running simulations on life, and we've talked about this before, uh, the simulation theory as well as the holographic universe. Very, very crazy stuff. Uh, But now, you know, and and we're talking about the Matrix, you know, we, we, I have that whole little series, The Building the Matrix, uh, where we explain how this is exactly what's happening, how they're erecting a a matrix around us. You know, we've had callers call in who, 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 who have talked about alternative timelines and stuff like this. It's crazy. 
what I'm trying to say is that there could be multiple versions of yourself, multiple versions of you that you haven't even been able to merge with. And I think that's just crazy. Uh, you know, we constantly talk about the multidimensional human and everything that comes with that. Uh, but really trying to break it down. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to break it down in this episode, but some pieces have been coming together and we're going to be di- we're going to be discussing some of that uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for the birthday wishes. Let's start all this works now. Let's 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 talk about a lot of pressing matters. Now, however you feel about uh, the deep state, the Illuminati, the politics, corrupt government, all of this type of stuff, I am for individual freedom, not authoritarianism. I don't think that, you know, people should have, you know, uh, people knocking on your door, coming to arrest you at night, secret detentions. You know, this is, a, this is one of the reasons why I kind of got involved with Obama signing the NDAA Act. And how they allowed for indefinite detention. You know, and then he started kidnapping journalists and things like this. What am I talking about? Well, this week, Roger Stone, Trump confidant, Roger Stone, was arrested in a pre-dawn raid. This is literally last week. And and it it happened the day after we uh, released our podcast episode. He was arrested Friday morning. and And the media made a huge spectacle. Now, before I play for you guys this clip... Of just that, CNN having the exclusive, them basically having the tip prior to Roger getting arrested. What does that? What does that signify? Collusion, if you ask me. Now we'll get into this here shortly, but at the same time, whether you like Roger Stone, whether you hate him, whether you like Alex Jones, whether you hate him, I don't think people should be having. Uh, uh, they should not be treated this way. This is an excessive amount of force for an old man. And that's really what it is. It's for the media. They're flexing. They're trying to show you their power. And I think that's something that people need to keep in mind. Uh, now, I haven't really been following the whole Robert Mueller investigation. I, I think the whole Russiagate thing is a hoax. Uh, but it's the idea that these people have the ability to exert this kind of pressure and this kind of force on anyone. So here, let's play this clip for you guys. This is exclusive CNN video. This is what happened this morning before sunrise, just before 6 a.m., when Roger Stone, longtime uh, Trump associate and advisor, was taken into custody by the FBI. There's a moment of audio on here that I want to play for everyone because this is what the first sounds that Roger Stone woke up to this morning was the FBI pounding on his door and shouting this. I want to just play this for a moment. point out that when the second time when they say FBI warrant, you'd like to know if that meant search warrant or arrest warrant. I mean, it's clear there's an arrest warrant because he's been indicted. Um, and the, the question, I think, is did they did they serve another warrant, a search warrant at the same time? It, you know, one, this is exclusive yeah. CNN. Now, I want to I want to jump on that real quick. How did CNN get the tip that this type of stuff was happening? One. Uh, two. How are they like, again, how are they already there? Uh, why were they using such excessive force? Uh, why is this a publicized event? So there's a, there's a number of things that's going on there that kind of have my attention peaked. Uh, people are saying that Alex Jones is next. So who who we will see whether or not Alex gets arrested. And I think like that that in its own is something interesting uh, that we'll see. 
So it, it, it's becoming this whole thing where you're seeing the deep state kind of, again, flex their power. You're seeing more people come out promoting the United Nations Agenda 21, uh, sustainable development, things of this nature. So you're seeing this crazy, uh, this crazy shift take place, you know, and, and, and I think that's something that we, we really should highlight. You know, just last week we had Davos. People didn't care because we were dealing with the MAGA hat situation, right? You had, you had people from all over the world, world leaders coming around from everywhere, talking about how they're going to deal with global uh, poverty, global inequality. And if you guys pay attention, again, to the United Nations uh, Agenda 21 document, it is just that, how they're going to have equality and they're going to promote feminism. And, 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 and we're seeing what's going on with that, even this week with uh, the, the New York and the Virginia abortion bills. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But what I'm trying to get at is how we are undergoing essentially some kind of some 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 kind of reformation. You know, we always talk about the socioeconomic reformation and the socio political reformation. I truly believe that's where we're at right now. Uh, you're you're having people come out promoting gun control. You're having uh, these. I think why I find it so uh, so baffling is because these people think that these talking points are their own. And then when you trace back the dollar and you, you trace back the political agenda and the stance, it's not their own. These are talking points that they're getting from up on high. Now, another talk that we've been having is a direct threat to the safety and security of our nation. The White House prepares to declare a national emergency. We played a clip for you guys about how Donald Trump, prior to the, the, the government shutdown, said that he, he's not, not thinking about declaring a national emergency to get the wall built up. I think that's very wild because what he's essentially trying to say is this immigrant invasion, the mass migration that is taking place, he's trying to say that that is an actual threat, a direct threat to our safety and security of our nation. He's going to use all of the immigration, if you ask me, to implement martial law. You see. And articles are coming out today about how... <laughs> I think it's the Free Thought Project. I don't know if I got around to posting it, but they're saying how the amount of money that was wasted during the the government shutdown <laughs> would have is twice what it would have cost the wall. Yeah, right here. Congressional analysis reveals that the shutdown cost twice what Trump's wall would have cost, and that's ridiculous. So this this is what's going on in America right now. Uh, but I'm going to get into this article. It's from the Daily Sheeple. We put it up January 25th. It says, quote, a direct threat to the safety and security of our nation. The White House prepares to declare a national emergency. We put this up five days ago. As the government shutdown drags on, and it actually, they, they, they got it up, which is good. Uh, as, the, as the government shutdown drags on and some 800,000 federal workers go without pay, politicians and activists are starting to scream louder and louder. Major U.S. airports are now shutting down flights as a result of as 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 a result of staff shortages, and there is likely more pain to come. Though President Trump has offered numerous concessions on illegal immigration, including extending DACA programs, Democrats have ex Democrats have refused any offers to compromise. With the border wall supposedly off the table for the left, the president is is has little choice unless he wants to see, to cede victory to his opponents. According to reports, there is still one significant option available to the president, and it appears that Trump is about to make the move. 
While the president's advisors have been divided on the issue, the White House is moving forward with plans to bypass Congress to declare a national emergency over the issue of funding for the wall to keep the immigrants out of the country. CNN reports, quote, the massive amount of aliens who unlawfully enter the United States each day is a direct threat to the safety and security of our nation and constitutes a national emergency. End quote. A draft, a draft of the proclamation reads, Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, by the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the, and the laws of the United States of America, including the National Emergencies Act, uh, 50 U.S. Code 1601, etc., in sequence, hereby declare that a national emergency exists at the southern border of the United States. So basically what we're talking about is him declaring that emergency, saying that we've got to shut it down. We've got to... We've, we, we've got to send 7,000, several thousand troops to our southern border. I haven't gotten around to posting it, but that's exactly the news today, you see. And this is, and this is not the first time. Like it, I think because I pay attention to this type of stuff, I can see the kind of ebb and flow of what's going on. You know, right around Christmas time, he deployed all those troops, then he pulled back sent some home, now he's sending more. You see, that's what I mean by the ebb and flow. You've got to pay attention to how these types of things work. And how this ties in, you know, we're, we're seeing again the, the, the deployment of troops, the, the, the activation of illegal orders, of corrupt orders. You see, this is that, this is again, that deep state debauchery, that fascist part of America that's underneath it. That's just rising, you see. And that's why we have to remain ever vigilant and fight this type of stuff because these people will try at every single turn to continually disenfranchise the people. And I think a perfect example of this, of being able to fight back, is this article from the Free Thought Project by Matt Agarist, who I had the pleasure of meeting at the United for Common Ground uh, Summit. I'm not going to enforce that. Sheriff disobeys the new anti-gun laws and refuses... To, refuses to disarm citizens. We put this up January 28th. And as I said before, it's by the, by the Free Thought Project. As the state passes a slew of anti-gun laws in reaction to recent shootings, a handful of sheriffs have formed a resistance and are refusing to disarm citizens. So as I said before, you know, at the start of the show, before I get into this, you're seeing them deploy more people out there. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, all of these people... And I'm, and I'm sure we're going to start having, you know, neocons that come out, uh, conservatives that are just like, yeah, we should take people's guns. Yeah, that's a good thing. And this is the problem with big government. This is the problem with allowing authoritarians to dictate your freedom. But this is the real resistance. This is the type of stuff that I like to hear. And we're going to hear more of these types of cases come out where sheriffs are saying, no, I'm not going to enforce that. People talk all the time. Oh, they're not coming for your guns. When, when they're doing it in Pennsylvania, they're doing it in Hawaii. I had a whole list at one point in time. I should find it because they are for sure California. They have like a secret task force. This, was, this is what the whole red gun, the red flag gun laws are. And unfortunately, you know, th there are going to be casualties surrounding this. I truly think so. So when you have sheriffs who are saying, I'm not going to enforce that, that's because they understand they don't want to set that precedent of confiscating guns and also endangering their officers. But uh, let's, let's, let's get into this article. It says, 
In reaction to the tragic shootings throughout 2018, Washington State has passed and is planning to pass a slew of new anti-gun law bills that will make them one of the most regulated states in the country. But these bills are being met by resistance from an unlikely group. A handful of sheriffs is standing up to the, uh, to the quote, unconstitutional nature of the bills and is promising disobedience. Sheriff Bob Songer is one of these sheriffs who is outspoken about his resistance. During an interview with The Guardian published over the weekend, Songer told the newspaper that the anti-gun legislation passed last November, quote, is unconstitutional on several grounds. I've taken the position that as an elected official, I am not going to enforce that law. Songer, like every single sheriff and law enforcement officer in the country, swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and he's now overtly honoring it by protecting the Second Amendment. As The Guardian reports, Songer also cited ongoing litigation by the, national, by the NRA, the National Rifle Association, the gun industry lobby, and others, which aim to demonstrate the laws violate both the Second Amendment and the state's Constitution. He also said that if other agencies attempted to seize weapons from, country, from county residents under the auspices of the new laws, he would consider preventatively, quote, standing in their doorway. In November, the, state, the state's voter handily passed an initiative, I-1639, uh, which mostly targeted semi-automatic rifles. As of January 1st, purchasers of these weapons must now be over 21, undergo an enhanced background check, must have completed a safety course, and need to wait nine days to take possessions of their weapon. Also, gun, owner, gun, gun owners who fail to store their weapons safely risk felony, quote, community endangerment charges. Feeling the wind at their backs, after the ballot, gun campaigners and liberal legislators have now gone even further in the new legislative session. Bills introduced in the, in the last week to Washington's, Washington's Democratic, Democrat-dominated legislator look to further restrict firearms. Some laws would ban high-capacity magazines and print plastic guns made with 3D printers. So basically they're trying to just get rid of it. We don't want you to be able to stand up for yourself. You know, if you guys go look at the full clip of Roger Stone being arrested, you know, they asked him, are there any guns on the property? Because you you have this 66-year-old guy, 71-year-old wife, and He's, he's getting basically run up on by 29, different pe- by 29 different officers, people coming in over there on the boats as well, knocking on your door. Imagine that, asking you if you have guns. <laughs> and this is, this is, again, what I mean by that fascist America. Something's going on here. They're, they're, they're trying to rip all of the guns from the citizens and give them to, to, to law enforcement. I've got no problem with... I've, I've, got no problem with law enforcement, but, you know, they might have a problem with me in the future because of these unconstitutional laws that they have to be, that they have to carry out. And they'll do it all under the guise of, I'm just following orders. Where have we heard that before? So then that's when you start to get this whole idea of, like, Nazi America coming out of nowhere, fascist America rising, you see. Disarm the population, empower the state, disenfranchise the people from their power and turn them into serfs. That's where we're at right now. So when, when you see people saying, hey, look, they're coming for your guns. There's a list. They're disappearing journalists. You know, all of this type of stuff. They want to get you off of their platforms, uh, uh, dismantle you politically, and then they want to silence you. There's, this is formulaic. And I think what's even crazy, too, what's even more crazy, is a lot of these people can't see how they're perpetuating history. A lot of these people can't see how they're perpetuating history. And right now, 
because we because America is so divided. You have people who are in this emotional, irrational state who are just saying, you know what, as long as the other team doesn't want it, I'm all for it. Like I was talking about at the start of the show, long-term mind control, psychological conditioning. You'll forget about everything that happened two weeks from now. And this is the craziness that I think a lot of people don't understand. This is why as free thinkers, we cannot allow for these people to dictate how we think, what we're doing, and the objectives that we have. You see. But we also have to be aware of the types of devices and technologies at their disposal. And when I say this, I mean things like an EMP. This is something that you... you, you this, is, this is a talking point that's really getting out there. Uh, I think it was either towards the start of the year or the end of last year, you know, we had that, that massive transformer, air quotes, uh, blow in New York. And a day after that, the Air Force Air Academy or the Air Force University, uh, right after that, they started talking about how, uh, how an EMP would devastate our entire, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our grid. Would, and that's, what, that's what's going on. And we've talked about this, but now more information is coming out about how China and Russia are building super EMP bombs for blackout warfare. This was put up six days ago by End Times Headline from or by Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headlines, January twenty fourth. What's even more crazy is I haven't gotten around to posting it, uh, but there's also information coming out today, January thirty first, from Sign of the Times about declassified U.S. reports on the potential for super EMP blackout warfare and so again we're hearing this term blackout warfare blackout warfare EMP attacks grid down style situations protect the grid they have to restart things you see they have to cause all of this chaos so that they can come through with the order now everything we just talked about disarming the population flexing your power saying we're going to run things there, and, and people keep saying, you, you, you hear things like, oh, we're underneath the second, revolu- the second American Revolution. Whenever I'm saying they have to shut the grid down, they have to restart things, that's why they have movies like The Purge, to condition you to think that way. What's going on in Venezuela is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is crimes against humanity, is a travesty. But they would consider that a culling of the population, depopulation efforts. How, many, how much food do you have stored up? And, at, the, and at, at that, would you, how much food would you give away? How long would it be until people realize that you have food? And how long would it take until those people came for your food and your supplies? You see, blackout warfare. So this is what the government and all kinds of other places are preparing for this type of stuff. You know, isn't that what, isn't that what North Korea was all about for a while, right? Having all kinds of, uh, 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 EMP attacks, isn't, isn't that what they threatened us with? You see, so this is what I'm talking about. Let me get into this article right here. Oh, like I said, this is from End Times Headlines. It's by Ricky Scaparo. We put this up January 24th. It says China and Russia are building super EMP bombs for blackout warfare. Several nations, including China and Russia, are building powerful nuclear bombs designed to produce super EMP 
electromagnetic pulses, super electromagnetic pulse waves capable of devastating all electronics from computers to electric grids for hundreds of miles, according to a newly released congressional study. A report by the now defunct Commission to Assess the Threat of the United States for, from EMP Attack uh, for the first time reveals details on how nuclear EMP weapons are integrated into the military doctrines of China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. Uh, the report discloses how those states could use EMP attacks in theaters of battle in the Middle East, Far East, Europe, and North America. Quote, nuclear EMP attack is part of the, is part of the military doctrines, plans, and ex exercises of Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran for, rev for a revolutionary way, new way, of warfare against military forces and civilian critical infrastructures by cyber sabotage and EMP. The report states, quote, this new way of warfare is called by is called many things by many nations. In Russia, China and Iran, it is called sixth generation warfare, non-contact warfare, electronic warfare, total information warfare, and cyber warfare. Nuclear electronic warfare is also called blackout warfare because because of its effect on all electronics devices. Now stop. Let me, let me let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. I'm blacking out all devices. So so while the military is prepared for this, most of everybody else isn't. <laughs> Civilians would not be ready for this type of blackout warfare. And once you enter that kind of stage where it literally becomes we're going to shoot a bomb off over here to turn off your power, we'll shoot a bomb off over here. It's going to be only a, t a matter of time. You're going to be trading. You see, this is where it comes into energy reserves and all kinds of other stuff. Rationing. So they're preparing for this type of warfare. Either on the battlefield or here domestically. We keep thinking, oh, somebody's going to set off a nuke. Right? That's what they tell us. Tell us. Well, how? And what kind of nuke? Would it be a nuclear EMP causing twofold destruction? Knocking out our, 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 knocking out massive population centers, or knocking out the energy grid. You see. Let me finish up on this article right here. Uh, it says EMP attacks will be carried out at such high altitudes that they will produce no blast or other immediate effects harmful towards humans. Instead, three types of EMP waves in second damage in seconds damage electronics and the strikes are regarded by adversaries as not an act of nuclear war. Quote, potential adversaries understand that millions could die from a long-term collateral effects of EMP and cyber attacks that cause protracted blackout of national electric grids and other life-sustaining critical infrastructures, the, the report said. The attacks are regarded by, many, by enemy military planners as a relatively easy, potentially unattributed means of inflicting mass destruction on force and forcing opponents to capitulate. So basically what they're saying is they wouldn't want to have any immediate damage to physical damage to people, but they would have all kinds of damage to the infrastructure. This is what I mean by logistics. Food wouldn't get where it needs to go. Amazon, uh, even today, is automating some of its packages. It's no longer using FedEx or UPS. You see, it's creating its own trucking service so that it can ship its own packages. But it's not even using humans. It's using machines. And so when, when the entire world becomes automated... What would that look like? You see, what would that look like whenever society is literally just code running in the background, and you're just you you're just going about your life? And ironically enough, 
the code can work around you. It can adjust. It's so smart. It learns so fast that even if you do things, it still can carry out its long-term goal. You see, and this is this is what we're going to be talking about uh, in the upcoming section. But before we do, I want to close out this one with something I think is actually pretty, pretty funny and interesting. George Soros basically talking about how uh, China as the most dangerous enemy of freedom. George Soros blasts China as the most dangerous enemy of freedom. This is by Elias Murat of the of the Mind Unleash. Uh, they put this up January 25th. And the reason I think this is funny is because you have George Soros, who is known for all of these different types of uh, Arab Spring, for Arab Springs, uh, color revolutions, uh, Antifa. Uh, some people will even say Black Lives Matter, uh, Indivisible. You'll have all of these different organizations who were funded by this type of man. You know, he's basically throwing insurrections all across the country, all across the world, even in Ukraine. And now you have George Soros saying that China is the most dangerous enemy of freedom. That's like the pot calling the kettle black. That's like looking in the mirror. That's, that's like that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's looking at Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. You're, you're both enemies of freedom. You see. And this is crazy. Uh, but let me get into this article. It says China has dismissed the criticism of billionaire hedge fund manager George Soros as, quote, meaningless, shrugging off his heated, his heated Thursday attack on Chinese President Xi Jinping at, at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Now, I will agree because what's going on in China is crazy. What, how they're, how they're, the social credit score system, how they're treating religion, uh, the citizens, the censorship. You know, the, the great firewall of China, the information control. Whoa. You know, nobody really talks about it. But yeah, China is the real nationalists here. They're, they are the real, real nationalists. Over here, we kind of have this thing where we, where we have this idea of the American melting pot, where we would like to come together, right? Where, where, where we can allow all these different types of things, all these different type of people from different types of lands. But China, not so much. You know, they're not taking in any immigrants. They're not taking in any uh, impoverished people. You have to have, it's crazy. It really is crazy. Uh, so for George Soros to say that they're an, an enemy of freedom, to a degree, he's right, but there's levels uh, that he's speaking at. But continuing on, it says, in his speech, the philanthropist branded the Chinese leader, quote, as the most dangerous enemy of free societies, explaining that the Asian giant is not the only authoritarian regime in the world, but it is the wealthiest, the strongest, and technologically most advanced. The speech was perhaps the most forceful public statement against China's leader to come from a to come from such a prominent leader of the quote one percent global elite. Beijing was hardly impressed, and the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying noted that while some individuals may quote invert the right and wrong, their words remain quote meaningless and not worth refuting. Quote, we hope that the relevant American can correct his, oh, wow, we hope that the relevant American can correct his attitude, not be short-sighted, and hold an objective, rational, and correct opinion of China's development, Hua told reporters Friday. Soros is the founder of the Open Society Foundation, which describes an open society as, quote, a society in which the rule of law prevails, as opposed to the rule by a single individual, where the role of the state is to protect human rights and individual freedom. 
The 88-year-old Soros blasted Xi, accused, accusing the Chinese government of wielding artificial intelligence such as facial recognition technology and a new social credit, score, social credit system to allow, quote, the one-party state to reign supreme. China has set about establishing the social credit score system by 2020. The system, which is being piloted in some parts of the country, would reward or punish individuals and corporations using advanced technology to record various measures of financial credit, personal behavior, such as drinking or playing loud music. Some experts claim the system will allow authorities to, com to combat white-collar crime, corruption, and food insecurity. Yeah, I doubt that. I definitely, definitely doubt that. But they made a very, very important part, or a very, very important mention towards the end right there, how the system uh, would basically monitor your behavior. It would uh, uh, record financial credit, whether or not you like to play loud music, and things like this. I'll tell you this before we go to break. That plays a huge part in the next section. Facebook has been caught paying $20 to people for unfettered data access. And why is that important? For longtime listeners, you've heard me ask the question of, should you be paid for your data? Facebook's getting paid off of it. Imagine that. You're getting paid $20, right? Facebook's getting paid $2,000. You're, you're, you're barely getting 1% of what's, allowed to, what's owed to you. But if you ask me at a deeper level, I think this is where the social, the social credit score system will come from. Things like universal basic income. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about, you know, the New York and Virginia's two-term abortion bills, uh, YouTube delisting and not recommending conspiracy videos, and as well as the overwhelming amount of uh, influence that Facebook is, is, is accruing. We're going to be talking about the technocratic simulations and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after, right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
You know, I, I, I get so caught up trying to just read the news to do this, to get these articles out, to make it sound legible, coherent, and on point that by the time, you know, by the time I, I basically get done with the segment, I'm like, all right, did I explain it well enough? Do you, do you think they got it? I hope they're getting it. I hope, I hope they understand, like, what I mean by the deep state debauchery and the fascist America. And how it's just how the power that they're accruing, how it's just rising and how they're trying to flex it privately and silently. And they think individuals like ourselves aren't noticing, but we are. And on top of that, they're adding a technological element that 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 is beyond me. You know, we kind of started talking about talking about it at the start of the show, the multidimensional nature of humanity uh, and how we really truly do operate in so many different realms, but what's happening now is we're basically being brought down to one uh, one perception level I'm not sure how, how I would explain it uh, but this is one of the things I try to uh, capture or one of the things I try to capture when I talk about the building of the matrix and how they're trying to essentially put us into the box that we pulled the artificial artificial intelligence genie out of you know humans were so crazy and we're so complex and beautiful and simple and stupid all at the same time, and that means so much. We're, we're capable of emotions. We're capable of thought. We know we're going to die. We're, we're, we really are some very interesting people, and that's why I, I, I get upset uh, when I see politics and the social engineering and the mainstream media doing what they're doing, scrambling our brains. Uh, yes, we're a lot of the things that they say sometimes, but it's, it's, it's how they present this type of stuff. It's It's... it's it's a false enlightenment. This plays a part in what we're going to be talking about in the next segment, but we're not in the next segment. We're here in this segment. So thank you guys for tuning in to this segment. So yeah, uh, let's, let's talk about this. I don't really discuss uh, things of this nature, uh, you know, but clearly we pay attention to things like spirit cooking, pedogate, pizzagate, human trafficking, and how to stop it, child sex trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, all these types of things. So clearly I care about kids. Clearly I care about the future. Clearly I care about family. Clearly I care about uh, uh, legacy, longevity, procreation, where we're going as a species. So whenever I hear about things like abortion, you know, I really, my, it makes my heart sink. That is one of the leading killers in America. It's not a heart attack, it's not cancer, it's not, it's not knife attacks, it's not gun attacks, it's not even the opioid epidemic. It truly is abortion. That is a leading killer of human life 
And now we have this narrative coming out. Oh, you, you, you don't want women to have rights. I didn't say that. That's you putting words in my mouth. That's, that's not at all. I think women have every right uh, to do these things. But now they're saying all the way up until term, all the way up basically until their birth. You, you're having some people say uh, that they should have abortions after the child has already been born. You know, and, 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 and essentially what this will lead to is a death cult to where life has no meaning. You know, sterilization as well. Uh, but recently, and I, I think I'll just get into this because this is I don't I don't I don't I don't tread here because of how how it makes me feel. Uh, but following New York, now Virginia, Democrat is a Democrat is proposing a bill to push abortion to a push boarding babies just seconds before the birth, and I think that's crazy. It truly is. I mean these these children have the, not only do the mothers have enough you know going on mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, all this stuff going on. Uh, imagine that. The kids, as soon as they get here, you know, they have to worry about somebody pushing a political agenda trying to, trying to be right. You know, we, uh, and, and we've talked about this too with Planned Parenthood and how they're basically abortuaries. There are people that, you know, that, 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 that advocate this type of stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's just sick to me, I, I guess. And, you know, you'll have people say, oh, where are they getting the... Where are they getting the blood from? Where are they getting the babies? Where are they getting the, 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 the materials to do this type of stuff? You know, they're, they're getting it from here. You don't think people buy? Oh, this, is, this is some wicked, wicked stuff. I think that's why I'm getting frustrated and Twitter-pated trying to talk about it. Uh, and, and again, as I said before, I think every woman should have the right. Uh, every woman should have their rights, and they should also have the right to choose whether or not they would like to birth their child. I also think that every child should have the right to live and shouldn't be, uh, should not, should, should, that every child has the right to live, period. There's no other way for me to, to, to politically address this, but I'm going to go ahead and play for you guys this clip of Virginia, Virginia Democratic Delegate Kathy Tran on how she proposed a bill this week, House Bill 2491, also known as the Repeal Act, uh, that would allow for people to have abortions while they're still in labor. And that blows my mind, but let's take a listen. A physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman. Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, talking about the mental health. So I mean, through the third trimester, the third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay, but to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So, um, where it's obvious that. Is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of that she's about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a you know a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman. I understand that. that. I'm asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that. Yes. Wow. In the third trimester, could a, a physician? Wow, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't know really what to say. Um, more people are going to pick this up. Uh, these types of, I just, I don't know what to say. You know, I didn't post about it when New York did it because I, as you can tell, I'm kind of awestruck 
and I know abortion is a is a controversial topic. You know, that's nothing new over here. Us talking about controversial topics, uh, but you know, this is these these are personal matters. I think where where I stand on this, and I'll just say this so we can move on, is just that every child has a right to be born. Uh, women have every women should have every right uh, to control what goes in their body. Uh, and how, and what they would like to do with their body, you know. That's why they say it. It's their body. Uh, it's my life. It's my body. They're able to choose. But you know that child didn't choose to be didn't choose to be born, and we have to do what is required of us to make sure that when they get here, they can be as protected as they can. Uh, so it, it 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 truly is interesting, and I think spiritually, I just have an issue with it uh, because these people. You know, they harvest, and I use that word specifically, they harvest the fetuses. Uh, there's a huge black market trade for, for, for this type of stuff. You know, this is, this is why pedophilia is so dangerous. This is why all hum, human trafficking is so dangerous. Prostitution, all this stuff is so dangerous. Uh, you know, and, 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 and we've talked about this as well because there are Illuminati ties to this. New World Order, Satanic, Luciferian ties to this. You know, these people, as I said before, they harvest the fetuses and they do occult black magic rituals with it. So I think just spiritually, naturally, emotionally, I, I, I am just turned off by this and to see this kind of happen. Unfortunately, I, it, it's sad that I'm not surprised. I see the way that I see I see the wave of wickedness that's overcoming the country right now. So, no, I'm not surprised by this, but I am definitely devastated because of just how many lives of children uh, could be lost. And think about this. Because I'm, I'm going to try to do a pivot real quick into our next thing. Yeah, just run a simulation real quick. There's two. There's so many souls trying to be born on the earth right now to 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 carry out the change and the work that needs to be done, and they are unable to be given form because of because of politics, because of society, because of the wickedness, the moral degradation that is occurring. Think about this. Just imagine a bunch of stars shooting down to the earth trying to be born trying to find corpses trying to you know trying to be corporeal flesh but they're unable to because as soon as they get up here well you know new york and virginia just passed two-term abortions so now that physical location for that body is gone that soul has to keep trying to be born to do the work that's required so i think just naturally spiritually that's 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 what i get and whenever we we, we, we here on earth the people who have the sex who fornicate who do all this type of stuff who because you know that's that's that song by Aerosmith you know knock knock knocking on heaven's door that's that that is the vagina that's that's the portal to earth that's that's how you get here and so whenever we're not treating women right they don't they don't want to you see they don't want to take care of the earth they don't want to be uh, uh, the vessels to, to create the warriors that are needed to carry out the, the, the work here. So I think just at a spiritual and multidimensional level, I just, it, it, it makes me cringe. It makes my soul cry out. Uh, and I just, I, I guess I get it politically, but that's the problem is, we're, is, we're, is, is, is the politics of it. Uh, people have these choices, but at the same time, I think it's just emblematic of the spiritual, the spiritual uh, uh, confusion that we are under at the moment so let me let me continue on because i could spend forever talking about this and and we will but just not now uh so yeah that's i just wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way technocratic simulations and how that's the pivot 
Okay, so we have souls here already. We have people who act a certain way physically. A lot of people are being radicalized online. Uh, a lot of people are learning stuff online. A lot of people are growing online. A lot of people are getting lost online. So you have two different versions. You have the physical world where people are doing things in the digital world. We see the split obviously happening. Uh, and so now, because they have more control over the over the, 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 the spiritual world, you see, or over, over the, 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 the digital technological world, they're trying to influence that more so that we can uh, do the work here in the physical world. It's crazy stuff. I know it sounds weir weird. Uh, it may be because I'm still fighting this cold. But let me get into this next article right here uh, and how this plays into the technocratic simulations and what's going on. How we potentially could be already living underneath uh, the rule of some kind of AI or some, some, some super intelligence. Uh, this is an article we put up a few days ago. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says, Google plans to sell your phone location data. And again, you hear big tech selling your data and you getting jack squat. You're just getting screwed. Why? Because you are the product. That's right. You are the product. I think people really, really should get that. But the, let me get into this article. It says, for most of the data collected by urban planners is messy, complex, and difficult to represent. It looks nothing like smooth graphs and clean charts of city life in urban simulator games like SimCity. A new initiative from Sidewalk Labs, a city-building subsidiary of Google's parent company, Alphabet, has set out to change that. So let me, let me say this one more time. Google is going out there and building cities, smart cities. So is Bill Gates. He bought a huge plot of land out there in Arizona to do the, just, to do the same thing. But they're building smart cities to track your every movement. And that's just... That's just the umbrella term. I wish tra I wish we would use a whole different lexicon uh, when, when, when saying track because, as I said before, it's modifying your behavior. Obviously, it's tracking what you do, whether or not you play loud music, soft music, what kind of music you play, your spending habits, all kinds of other stuff. So track is just a general term. Uh, but continuing on, it says the program, known as Replica, offers planning agencies the ability to model an entire city's pattern of movement. Like SimCity, Replica user, Replica's user-friendly tool deploys statistical simulations to give a comprehensive view of how, when, and where people travel in urban areas. It's an appealing prospect for planners making critical decisions about transportation and land use. In recent months, the transportation authorities in Kansas City, Portland, and the Chicago area have signed up to glean its insights. The only catch, they're not completely sure where the data is coming from. Typical urban planners rely on processes like surveys and trip counters that are often time-consuming, labor-intensive, and outdated. Replica, instead, uses real-time mobile location data. As Nick Bowden of Sidewalks Lab has explained, quote, Replica provides a full set of baseline travel measures that are very difficult to gather and maintain today, including the total number of people on a highway or local street network, what mode they're using, car, transit, bike, or foot, and their trip purpose, commuting to work, going shopping, heading to school, things like that. To make these measurements, the program gathers and de-identifies the location of cell phone users, which it obtains from unspecified third-party vendors. It then molds this anonymized data in simulations, creating a synthetic population that faithfully replicates a city's real-world patterns, but that obscures the real-world travel habits of individual people, as Bolden told The Intercept. 
The program comes at a time of growing unease with how tech companies use and share our personal data and raises new questions about Google's encroachment on the physical world. So, wow, whole lot of stuff to look at right there. Remember when I was talking to you guys about Google's, uh, what was it? What was it? The selfish ledger, right, where they just monitor what you do. They give, they, they let you fill out as much information as you can, and they, 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 they basically grow you from there digitally. This is kind of what it sounds like. This is what I mean by technocratic simulations. They're going to basically copy you, delete you, that's what they say, and then run simulations, replicate your movements, your day-to-day -day movements. And that's not all. Where have we heard this type of stuff before? Jade Helm 15, where it's AI running simulations over the southwest of America. They told us it was one thing, right? Military equipment. We later found out that Jade Helm was an AI artificial intelligence program that was running these types of simulations. They smacked us in the face by, play, by, by releasing games like The Division. Tom Clancy's The Division, where a massive plague took out the entire East Coast. And there were few people who were immunized, who had the vaccine, who were part of the COG, continuity of government, who helped maintain control after the collapse. The game was stunning. The game was beautiful. It had everything. It had trash, uh, blowing, had, had cats, had dogs. You know, and it had the entire city mapped. That's what I'm trying to get at. To where you could play in this simulation, play in this virtual, this virtual New York. Right? Now... Google's like, you know what? We should do that. We should replicate Chicago, Portland. We should, what else? Who, who was the other one? It was uh, Chicago, Kansas City, and Portland. You see, you have Google creating cities physically and then replicating them uh, 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 digitally so that they can figure out the information, figure out how to track you. Now, I, I think this is crazy because what they and this is why this is why that you have YouTube delisting uh, and not recommending conspiracy videos is because they want you to obey Big Brother. They don't want people like us to talk about this type of stuff. You know, they don't want us to say facts like prior to the social credit score system being enabled, uh, President Xi Jinping over in China just, uh, uh, removed 1984 and Brave New World from their library he burned it put it in a memory hole a black hole so the chinese people could never understand what was happening to them was basically prophesied it was basically basically written down they don't want that kind of information getting out there but how how's, how's this tie into it creating the simulations and the and, and and replicating things what did we talk about at the start of the show dropping emp nukes you see disarming the population they're running simulations and they're getting live time feedback not only from pages like myself but alternative media uh, outlets as well as everybody else who's, who's out there with the hashtags with the live videos with all of it just because you see since we're the product and we're doing all these things putting out this all, out this kind of content as i said before the 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 the, the, the codes are so strong the AI is so smart the machine learning is so sophisticated that yeah we can do all this and it will adapt around us this is what I mean by the effects of social engineering this is why they have to have us feedback that's this that's why they have to come up with new stories every day 
every week. How are they responding? What's the emotion like? Pushing the Overton window. But this is only emblematic of another level of control. You see, this is what I mean by this technological impl uh, implementation, this technological level that they have. You know, they say, uh, w w you see how TV doesn't work on people anymore? You, you see how social media will flip in it, flip in the script and they're saying it's fake news. You hear me say it all the time, tools of enlightenment versus tools of uh, uh, enslavement. You see, so what we're, what we're essentially talking about is living underneath the rule of an AI. And who's controlling the code? You guys may have heard me talk about this before, too. You know, the people at the top, who do they truly serve? Who do the 1% worship? Right? The ruler of this world. The devil. Not the creator of this world. The ruler of this world. That's why it's our job to expose these types of things. Simulations on simulations. Levels on levels. And it's crazy. You have, you have your spiritual self that we're essentially throwing away in exchange for the digital self. And our physical self acts as the, the literal vessel. When I say we wake up, we have the same 24 hours in a day, you can either spend some time praying or you can spend some time scrolling. You can spend some time meditating or you can watch YouTube videos. It's all about which side you feed. These days, though, people are feeding the beast. Feeding it everything it wants. And that's why it's dangerous, because it will not stop. It won't end. You see, I've talked about that before, how this little black box, the black mirror, how it's all-encompassing. How it will consume whatever you give it. Moving on to this next article. We put this up January 30th. It's from Sign of the Times. Surveillance guinea pigs? Facebook pays teens $20 a month to install a research app that gives them unfettered access to mobile data. So this is what I was talking about before. Where, hey, yeah, looks like there's a lot of data breaches, but here's 20 bucks. Could we have access to your data? Now, while I think this is a, a slap in the face in so many different ways, I also think that this will lead towards, as I keep trying to say, uh, things like universal basic income, the social credit score system, where because you're online, you get paid for what you do, but it's all regulated. You have to operate within certain parameters. It's interesting. No, but let me get in this article. It says, Facebook has been paying users $20 a month to install an app which monitors their phone and web activity and sends it back to the social media giant, a report has revealed. The app may run afoul of Apple's privacy guidelines launched in 2016. The research app, first uncovered by TechCrunch, allows Facebook to continuously collect a user's private data, including chats from instant messaging apps, photos and videos, emails, web browsing activity, and more. Aimed at people aged 13 to 25, the app, according to Facebook, is designed to study mobile usage habits. Users, well, users were also asked to take screenshots of their Amazon order history page. Real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right here because this isn't the uh, I meant to talk about this in the previous article, but uh, third-party apps, right? This is this is their way of scapegoating a lot of a lot of the legislation, a lot of the ways that they can get around stuff is using those third-party apps because they never get named. They never get named. <laughs> 
They, they, they are always just known as third-party vendors or third-party apps. And that's a whole other discussion for another day. But you've got to realize, too, and, 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 we, and we talked about this at the United for Common Ground Summit, Facebook is not a place where you're, where you're going to get your news. Facebook is not a place where you're, where you're going to want to operate. Facebook essentially is a mouthpiece for the globalists. It is Big Brother. That's why if you, if you basically, if you expect anything to be done on Facebook, uh, you're, again, you're already working on the enemy's platform. And yes, Instagram is a derivative of Facebook, but this is why we have to expand and diversify the message. Uh, use it as a hub, not as what you do. Let me get back into this article. It says that uh, while the app is voluntarily downloaded and installed in exchange for upwards of $20 a month, critics have noted that the program closely resembles a similar Facebook-owned app, Anovo, which gave the company undisclosed access to sensitive user data. Facebook was later forced to remove Anovo from the Apple's App Store due to violations with Apple's data collection policies. TechCrunch also reported that Facebook took steps to conceal its involvement in the, quote, research project, opting to contract outside companies to promote and find recruits for a, quote, paid social media research study. Users are, users are only informed that the app is called Facebook Research until just before they install the program. So basically, they're, 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 they're using third-party apps, third-party vendors, to get the information out there, they removed the app, Anovo, came back with this Facebook Facebook research app. They're saying, hey, we'll give you $20 a month if you let us have unfettered access to your mobile data. Responding to TechCrunch's report, a Facebook spokesperson said that the, quote, key facts about the program, Doug, quote, Project Atlas, were being ignored. Quote, despite early reports that there was nothing secret about this, it was literally called the Facebook research app. It wasn't spying, on all, as all of the people who signed up to participate went through a clear onboarding process asking for their, for their permission and were paid to participate. Finally, less than 5% of the people who chose to participate in this market research program were teens. All of them were signed, all of them with signed parental consent forms. Nonetheless, Facebook said it will shut down the iOS version of its app in the wake of, of, of Tide Crunch's report. So I, I doubt that. You know, they can delete the app, and this is something that we found out this week. Uh, they can delete the app, but, you know, the information's still there. A lot of people, and I, 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 I forget where, but an article came out. Uh, people that had Samsung devices, uh, they would delete face. They would try to delete Facebook, but couldn't. Something about how it was set up uh, 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 made it impossible. And you know, forever. And this is this is why the backdoor programs are there. The backdoors are in the software. It's also in your phone. It's everywhere. This is what I mean by that technological level of control. You see. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and play for you guys this clip, right? Apple's FaceTime app allows callers to secretly eavesdrop. So basically what, what's happening is you're having somebody FaceTime call somebody, right? And even if they don't answer, the app still connects the call. So even as I'm recording this, and I've yet to do a video because I have two different iPads uh, and, and, and a phone, uh, you know, I have this visualizer app that I play on my phone uh, when I'm playing music, and I notice sometimes, and I've noticed this, when I stop playing music, it'll pick up on the microphone. It'll pick up on the decibel levels within the vicinity. So yes, everything is listening to you. That's why I say hello to the NSA. 
CIA, the FBI, DOD, DHS, all these people who could potentially be listening. Because I know not only do we have law enforcement uh, uh, listening, we also have intelligence agencies listening, we have military listening. Hello. Hello. And it's not something I want to brag about. It's definitely something kind of scary because what happened to Roger Stone could happen to me right off the bat. And this is stuff that you got to think about, but at the same time, we're, we're, we're moving forward into the future. Uh, but I digress. Let me play for you guys this clip of the FaceTime flaw and how it's able to record your conversations even when you don't answer. South Colorado. Okay, Yeah, so basically, uh, for audio listeners, what you're seeing is just that uh, a, a, a little hiccup in the programming that allows people to listen to conversations, get this information out there, not even get this information out there, uh, just, 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 just bypass what you think of as front-end user control. I think that's kind of crazy. And at the same time, not really. You know, these people have so much access to so much technology and so much control. It is really crazy. It truly is. People freak out. Oh, no, somebody else is listening to a private conversation. Yeah, all the time. They truly are. They truly are. And now you have people like uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft who are installing this stuff called NewsGuard. Where they basically verify, again, Obey big brother, trust big brother. You can't think for yourself, allow us to tell you what is right and what is wrong. You see, this is the massive misinformation. Uh, and now, in response to all this, as I, as, literally as I say this, as I say Facebook is not the place for you to get your news and your information, that, that, that that's going to be big brother, check this out. Facebook has set up war rooms to fight fake news. We talked about this towards the end of the year because... Uh, Theresa May said that she was going to launch, this is the Prime Minister of the UK, she said she's going to launch an army of, uh, of misinformation trolls to basically combat the information that's out there. So you have all these different countries who are taking their different steps to try to combat fake news, to fight fake news, to fight misinformation, when really the overarching goal is to just have the controlling oligarchy putting out the narratives and controlling what you think and what you feel. And the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure you're still pretty upset about that MAGA hat kid, but you have no idea about world leaders meeting in Davos. Let me get into this article. We put this up January 28th. It's by Neba Harris of the News Punch. It says, Facebook plans to tackle fake news and hate speech in the run-up to the EU elections in May with new, quote, war rooms. The social media giant is setting up two new centers in Dublin and Singapore to, quote, monitor election, election integrity and will also be monitoring Instagram and WhatsApp. <laughs> I find that I, I told you they're going to be on Instagram this year they are going to be on Instagram this year uh, about this time last year we were expecting we, we had our first website attack they stole $400 $300 from us we had to beef up security around here oh, but continuing on it says RT reports after its handoff approach to, to content policing led to accusations of fake news and misinformation in 2016, Facebook dramatically ramped up its content policing efforts in the run-up to, to November's midterm elections in the U.S. The social media giant partnered up with third-party fact-checkers to vet news content, 
trained and trained an AI to spot and remove quote false news stories, introduce transparency rules for political advertisements, and went as far as building a quote as as far as building a physical quote war room to monitor elections for foreign interference in real time. Now the social media giant is taking its aggressive approach worldwide. Facebook announced Monday it will set up two new regional centers located in Dublin and Singapore offices. Uh, Facebook's Dublin office is the company's biggest location outside of California. These teams will add a layer of defense against fake news, hate speech, and voter suppression. And will work with and will work cross functionality with our threat intelligence, data science, engineers, research, community operations, legal, and other teams. Read a blog post from Facebook. As well as probing Facebook, the teams will monitor Instagram and WhatsApp for misuse, according to another blog post from the company. So go ahead and think about that real quick. They are going to be all over everything. You're having big tech giants where the Facebook, where, where, where the Pope has a page, DOD has a page, the Pentagon has a page. You're having the mouthpiece for the globalists the mouthpiece for the New World Order, you're having Big Brother, and you're having Big Brother working to do all of this, adding a layer of defense against fake news, hate speech, and voter suppression. And and on top of this, they're going to integrate with their threat intelligence teams, their data science teams, their engineering teams, their research teams, their community operations teams, and their legal teams and other things that they did not mention. All to combat fake news. All to get you to understand what they want you to. To think and to put out the opinions that they want. Continuing on, it says Facebook's U.S.-based war room attracted social me- some, some media attention in the run-up to the midterm elections in November, but the company itself was tight-lipped on what exactly its staff did to detect malicious foreign activity and election meddling. The company's head of civic engagement, Samir Chakrabi, only said that, quote, we've been working with governments around the world, with security experts around the world, with civic society around the world to share information about the threats that we see. Wow. So you're working with the government, you're working with security experts, and you're also working with civic society to figure out what kind of threats there are. Because humanity is a threat. Don't you know us thinking for ourselves is a threat? forming our own opinions, being able to look at various people and say various news outlets and saying, oh, you know, I kind of resonate with that idea. Oh, that idea speaks with me. Nope. If the idea does not resonate with Facebook, it doesn't get out there. So think about this. We're running, they're running, you have Google running all kinds of simulations on people, literally copying cities and copying people's data. Yeah, Facebook's saying, look, we're going to control what people put out. We're going to police content. We're going to delete pages. Think about this. They know what they're doing. And this is something, again, it came out last week that I wanted to get to. But as fate would have it, I couldn't. Check this out. Machines capable of predicting and manipulating the future. I don't want to, I'm not going to read this whole article. I would definitely tell you guys to check it out. But this is what I was talking about beforehand. The machines running simulations, Google Sidewalk Labs, Alphabet Sidewalk Labs, various other people running simulations trying to predict the future. And you have to think, if they can 
predict, as I, as I said before, as the article says, if they can predict the future, they can control the future and manipulate it to get the outcome that they want. I'm going to be talking about this in the next segment, uh, and this is kind of in relation to, I know that's going to sound silly, but it's kind of in relation to Kingdom Hearts and how the main character kind of gets put in the stasis for X amount of years, and then he wakes up out of this, this, this stasis with all the memories of everything that happened within that time period. And I truly feel like that's where we're at right now, where humanity is at with this technology, with this abysmal technology, with the techno sorcery. We have all been able to grow, learn, change, and do so much in such a drastic amount of time that I don't think a lot of people are able to conceptualize what that looks like. And this is what I've kind of been talking about throughout the entirety of the show, how there's a physical self, the digital self, the spiritual self. There are multidimensional aspects to humanity. And the controlling oligarchs, they understand this. But uh, to, to save this for the next segment, let me continue on, because this is, again, the part, the problem with the, with the, with the social credit score system and everything that's going on in authoritarian, technocratic China. But apparently they have a map of deadbeat debtors. China is launching a new app that turns its citizens into snitches. This is by Elias Marat over at the Activist Post. We put this up January 24th. It says officials in China have launched a new app that notifies users if someone within 500 yards of them is in debt. Dubbed the map of deadbeat debtors, the app was launched in northern China after, higher people, after the higher, people, higher people's court of Hebei Hebei developed it as a means to name and shame debtors, according to China Daily. Users of the app will be alerted if they are in close proximity to debt, and they will also be able to tab avatars on the map to access the name, national identification number, and the reason why the, quote, deadbeat made the list. Quote, it's part of our measures to enforce our ruling and create a socially credible environment, a court spokesperson told the state-owned newspaper. Authorities hope the app will enable people to blow the whistle on debtors who are capable of paying their debts, the newspaper added, essentially turning citizens into snitches who can more easily point the finger at financially irresponsible or unlucky compatriots. Interesting. It remains unclear whether users can actually file a report through the app. Now, I'm going to put a, a pause on that because basically what I'm just, it's, it's, it's getting over, overkill at this point. China is literally just trying to control its citizens and shame them into just like control. This is again what I mean by the psychological conditioning. You can even say the psychosocial conditioning to where now you have society, members of society saying, hey, this guy's a deadbeat. He's not doing what, he, what, what we want him to. He better act a certain way. Go pay your debts, you deadbeat. That sounds funny, but this is more of this collectivist thought. More of this, this, this as they say, shaming, controlling things. I'm going to get into one more thing, and then I'm going to try to wrap up this segment. You know, and this is this is this this literally just kind of shows you know where we are at, and it plays a, a huge part in what we're going to be discussing in the next segment as well. But apparently, scientists from MIT are, are using laser beams to 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 beam direct audio into a person. Scientists from MIT use laser beams to transmit direct audio messages to a person. This is this is voice to skull 
technology. And how this ties into what we're going to be talking about in the next segment is being able to still your mind long enough to hear the mind of God, to hear the voice of God, not somebody from MIT. You see, and I know that sounds silly, but with 5G coming out, the technocracy, everything they have at their disposal, if we do not find, if we do not find effective ways to combat that collectivist thought, to fight against uh, the technocratic authoritarian rise, they will literally beam messages into your head. And they will, they will tell you to, to think and act a certain way. They will, they will literally overwrite your ability to think for yourself, to hear your own voices. There's information coming out today. Well, not necessarily today, but information coming out about how they have the technology to translate your thoughts into text. Think about that. I think it's either, I think it's Colombian scientists that have Colombian neuro neuroengineers that creates technologies to translate thoughts into text. And what's even more wild is this isn't the first time that we've heard this type of stuff. Believe it or not, uh, I think uh, Regina Dugan, one of the he- one of the, the former head of uh, the Defense Advanced Project, the, the Defense Advanced Project, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Wow, sorry, uh, DARPA. Regina Dugan, she's now working for Facebook. That's one of her programs. That's what she's trying to do, trying to figure out how to translate your thoughts into text. They're based, and, and, and the reason I put both of these things in the same category is because you have them taking over your mind, controlling you from afar. And that's a scary thought, but let me get into this. This is uh, from Truth Theory. They reposted it by Truth Seeker, and we put this up January 28th, and it says, we love laser beams. At least after watching the Star Wars series, you can't really stop yourself from pointing a toy laser at the wall and trying to blast it. I know I do. We like our laser. We like our laser uh, sound effects. They are just things. They are just the things to draw and keep your attention. But then the laser, at least, uh, what we know about it is simply light. Yes, they can be harmful to our eyes and our bodies. But other than specialized uses. In optics and medicine, we don't really know about any other applications of the laser. Or at least we didn't. A few years from now, scientists at the, at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology have found a way to convey audio, either music or speech, from one person to another using laser technology. They do not need any equipment to receive it, and they could just aim it and direct the laser containing sound waves at the target individual. This is possible. This is a possible breakthrough that might define the future of communications and audio technology. According to a press release, Charles M. Wynn of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology said that this is a system that can directly beam information into someone's ears from a distance. It uses a special kind of laser, which is not harmful to your skin or your eyes, unlike sound, which which can spread and can be heard by everyone around you. The laser beams can only be heard by a specific person, that too without creating any kind of loss of information. No one can hear you, and what you say remains between you and the person. 
It comes as a perfect solution to private conversations and to tackle eavesdropping. On top of that, according to Charles M. Wynn, this laser technology can be used in any kind of setting, so there won't be any kind of problem if you are in a, crowd er in a crowded area or a place with a few people around you. According to the paper, which has been released in the Optics Letter, the MIT researchers have developed two methods which can be used to transmit music, recorded speech, and other tones using the laser. Both the techniques are audio or photoacoustic effect, an effect where sound waves are formed due to a material absorbing light. Now keep that in mind. Light. 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 Your brain. Consciousness. Information exchange. You are light. You are a powerful, powerful person, as you guys always hear me saying. But what's going to happen is we're going to take a break. And like I said before, keep that in mind. Because light is important. Spectrums. Density. Spiritual stuff. Yes. Multidimensional talk. All of it. It's very important because people don't understand. Uh, maybe they do. They don't understand just how important you know, it is to get sunlight, to receive data from the sun, information from the sun. Your body craves it. Uh, and because we live in this, 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 this synthetic age, you know, look at, look at the macular degeneration that's occurring because people are staring at their phones. I keep the brightness down on mine all the time uh, because if I did, man, it would burn my retinas. That thing's like a, I'm, it's like I'm looking at a flashlight, you know. And that's just one representation of just the, 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 the artificial and not the natural. Your body is supposed to receive everything that is natural, the information, the energy, trusting your gut and all these types of things. But because we live in a society where everything's artificial and fake, we follow that. We follow the synthetic. We follow politics. We follow what's not real. But yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about things like light, like the opioid epidemic, the manipulation of humanity how they're trying to engineer enlightenment. This was another thing that popped up last week as well. Declassified UFO documents about warp drives, stargates, invisibility cloaks, and manipulating extra dimensions. That's right. We're going to finish off this episode talking about the heavy stuff. I hope you guys and gals do not go anywhere because when we come back, we're hitting all this and more. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2013, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
uh, in the time of the Reformation, the religious revolution, all these aimed, as I say, not directly at the human being, but at his surroundings, so that by modifying the surroundings, you did achieve, at one remove, an effect upon the human being. Today, we are faced, I think, with the approach of what may be called the ultimate revolution, the final revolution, where a man can act directly on of the mind body of his fellows. Well, needless to say, some kind of direct action on human mind bodies has been going on since the beginning of time. Uh, but this has generally been uh, of a violent nature. The techniques of terrorism have been known from time immemorial, and uh, people have employed them with more or less uh, ingenuity, sometimes with uh, the utmost crudity, sometimes with a uh, a good deal of skill acquired by a process of trial and error, finding out what the best ways of using torture, imprisonment, constraints of various kinds. But as I think it was Metternich said many years ago, you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you are going to control any population for any length of time, you must have some measure of consent. It's exceedingly difficult to see uh, how pure terrorism can function indefinitely. It can function for a fairly long time, but I think uh, sooner or later you have to bring in an element of persuasion, an element of, of getting people to consent to what is happening to them. Well, it seems to me that the the nature of the ultimate revolution with which we are now faced is precisely this, that we are in process of developing a whole series of techniques which will enable the controlling oligarchy, who have always existed and presumably always will exist, to get people actually to love their servitude. This is the seems to me the, the ultimate uh, in malevolent revolution, shall we say. And uh, this, is a, this is a problem which uh, has interested me for many years and about which I wrote uh, 30 years ago a, a fable, The Brave New World, which is uh, essentially the account of a society making use of all the devices at that time available, and some of the devices which were uh, uh, so I would definitely recommend that you guys go check that out. That's Aldous Huxley's The Ultimate Revolution uh, in his speech at Berkeley in 1962. 1962. Talking about the, the psychophysiological effects of basically trying to control the mind. How now they can act on the mind body of a person because we put all of ourselves out there. We put all of our emotion, all of our, our thoughts, all of it. We wear our hearts on our sleeve, so we're easily controlled. This is why this is why you see the the, the fear porn that comes from mainstream media, uh, the emotional virtue signaling that comes from social media, uh, and 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 how it how it's all really not the normal normality of society of, of society. Uh, and what he goes on later on to discuss in the Ultimate Revolution is how he'll how they how they'll dumb down the population. Uh, using drugs and barbiturates 
how they'll 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 control people simply because of how ignorant they'll be to these types of things. Getting people to love their servitude. You see, you're a slave. Embrace it. Oh, you don't. It's it's there's 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 a lot of levels uh, to this. But what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you guys another clip of how Purdue Pharma is basically being accused of profiteering from drugs, profiteering off the deaths of just that. And that's why I want to pivot into that. The ultimate revolution is that of the mind. Uh, this is this is what I've been trying to talk about through the entirety of the show, how the machine learning, the AI, the codes, all of it, how it's so strong that they can rapidly, almost almost instantly, reform agendas to get their overarching goal. But the people have been so have been so dumbed down uh, and deliberately misled that they're incapable of seeing these types of things. You see, and it starts with just that, with the addiction of things like drugs. But go ahead and let's take a listen to this CBS this morning uh, talking about how Purdue Pharma is part of the opioid epidemic. They are at, I wouldn't say they're at the heart of it, but these big pharma companies how now, after getting people addicted to drugs, they're coming through with treatment plans with more drugs to combat people who are addicted to drugs. It's crazy. New report claims the drug company accused of helping engineer and profit from the opioid epidemic also considered expanding into addiction treatment. The ProPublica article is purportedly based on, sec- on secret parts of a lawsuit filed by the state of Massachusetts against Purdue Pharma and members of the Sackler family who own the company. The suit alleges Purdue deceptively sold OxyContin and downplayed its dangers. Purdue says it will continue to defend itself. Tony DeCopo has been closely following this story. Tony, good morning. Uh, Good morning. Well, according to ProPublica, blacked out portions of the lawsuit show that Purdue Pharma, accused of causing addiction, also wanted to capitalize on addiction treatment. The article cites internal correspondence between Purdue Pharma executives discussing how the sale and treatment of opioid addiction are naturally linked. ProPublica goes on to report, while OxyContin sales were declining, the internal team at Purdue... The new report claims the drug company... Are you surprised, though? Are you surprised? That's, that's the formula. Come through with...
their, their own genome editing system. I think we might have had some, some feedback there. There was something going on with our mics, but uh, to summarize it, they have literally the technology to modify a egg, of a, to modify a chicken so that the egg lays cancer drugs. That's crazy. Uh, and this week alone, we're hearing how, uh, I forget the doctor's name, but Dr. Zariah or Josiah, wh whoever, uh, he's releasing his own genome editing kit to where people can modify their own genes. He wants us to make superhumans. He wants us to make all these types of uh, uh, super soldiers, you see. And this is something that we've already known that's gone on for quite some time. Uh, earlier, earlier this year and towards the end of last year, we heard about Dr. Hie Jianqiu, who was the Chinese researcher who talked about having uh, 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 genetically edited embryos. So we're moving more into the transhuman agenda. We're moving more into uh, uh, the technocracy. You see how all of this works? And I told you, before we went to break, to keep in mind things like light and how that's how your body receives and interprets, interprets certain signals that can't be distorted. You see. Just, again, keep this in mind. I'm going to play for you guys a clip of uh, the biochemist who is selling the genome editing kits for the masses, and then we'll start talking about why light is important about biophotons, even about the polar vortex of the Midwest, things like geoengineering, that and more, and how they're all tied together. Uh, but let's take a listen to this report. Here at St. Mary's College in Moraga, students are studying the mystery of genetics, the basic structure of all life. But what if you wanted to do that without enrolling in college? Well, you could always do it at home. And that's the idea of Dr. Josiah Zayner. With his Ph.D. in biochemistry, he worked for NASA, engineering organisms to help astronauts survive on Mars. But that wasn't innovative enough for this self-described biohacker. Normal scientists, they want to study, like, how fruit flies have sex or something. Something that nobody really cares about. And what I want to study is, how do we make dragons or superhumans or something like that? And he wants others to do it as well. So out of a West Oakland apartment, he operates a company called The Odin that sells gene editing kits with all that's necessary to create your own genetically modified organism. The kit teaches novice scientists how to inject tree frogs with a type of human growth enzyme that causes the frogs to... Here at St. Mary's College in Moraga, students are studying... We can only hope that it doesn't cause the frogs to be gay, uh, but that's, I guess, what atrazine is for. So you have biochemists, and this is, this is, you know, this is what we talk about. We talk about how they're literally trying to uh, modify the genome, how they're trying to change humanity. That's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Uh, this is the false transhuman enlighten enlightenment, if you ask me. Uh, I, I say this all the time. We're going through a period of transition, the paradigm shift, moving from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, you know, saying that we're, we're, we're in a whole new realm that requires a whole new man. And so people liter take it so literal that they're like, you're, you're right. I need to become a, a, a superhuman. I need to modify my genes. I need to do all this not really interpreting or receiving the other signals. Now, this is something that we'll probably come back to uh, in a later edition because it's not necessarily what we're talking about, biohacking, genetic modification, genetic engineering, and things of this nature. But this is the future. So when I say that, you know, in the future, in the technocracy, there will only be transhumans, it's kind of in this context. Everything that we've, been, that, that, that we've discussed uh, throughout the entirety of this broadcast now to pivot, 
on why I've been telling you guys to think about light. Think about light. Think about light. Think about how you in receive information. Think about lasers. All that cool stuff. Right? Well, I made a meme. That's right. I made a meme. A meme. I made a meme. Uh, and I'll be trying to make more of them that are essentially solution-oriented, spiritual, health, wellness, things of this nature. I'll be making more of them on our partner page, Liberation Legion. Uh, and if you guys have been paying attention to our Instagram lives where we've been talking about our partner page, Liberation Legion, you've heard me mention it quite some time. So if you could, please take some time, go follow our new page, Liberation Legion, uh, because I, I think it's important that people understand the diversity of content as well as their solutions, and that's exactly what I'm going to be providing over there on Liberation Legion. Now to move on, talking about light, biophotons, light, and our consciousness. Our consciousness is directly linked to light. Scientists have discovered that biophotons are within the brain, that we also have biophotons within the brain. This begins for me to ask the question of, well, is consciousness local? Are we receiving our consciousness or is our consciousness inside of our body? Like, is, it, is consciousness external or are we just receiving signals? You see. So now we have more of this, this, this discussion of the real world versus the digital world versus the spiritual world versus the world that we can't even comprehend. The world beyond world, the world between worlds. Scientists from the University of Hamilton in Canada found that neurons in mammalian brains were capable of producing photons of light, or biophotons. The photons, strangely enough, appear within the visible spectrum. They range from near-infrared through violet or between 200 and 1300 nanometers. Scientists have an exciting suspicion that our brain's neurons might be able to communicate through light. They suspect that our brain might have optical, chan optical communication channels but they have no idea what could be communicated. Even more exciting, they claim that if there is an optical communication happening, the biophotons our brains produce might be affected by quantum entanglement, meaning there could be a strong link, a strong link between these photons, our consciousness, and the possibility of what many cultures and religions refer to as spirit. In a complete in a couple of experiments, scientists discovered that rat brains can pass just one biophoton per neuron a minute, but human brains could convey more than a billion biophotons a second. This raises the questions, could it be possible that the more light one can produce and communicate between neurons, the more conscious they are? If there is any correlation between biophotons, light, and consciousness, it can have strong implications that there is more to light than we are aware of, as we discussed with lasers. We think of lasers, you know, Star Wars, set the phasers to stun, or like, you know, in Star, or, or, or I said Star Wars, huh? I meant Star Trek for the first one, set your phasers to stun, and then I was going to do uh, the stormtroopers for Star Wars in the second one, because, you know, they can never hit anything. <laughs> Uh, but we're, we're learning that, that light can do more, that it can also transmit messages, right? Transmit information. There is more to light than we can think of. Just think for a moment. Many texts in ancient religions dating way back since the dawn of human civilization have reported of saints, ascended beings, and, or, and enlightened individuals having shining circles around their head. 
from ancient Greece and ancient Rome to the teachings of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity, among many other religions, sacred individuals were depicted with a shining circle in the form of a circular glow around their head. If they were in, as enlightened as they describe, maybe the shining circle was just a result of their higher consciousness they operated with, hence a higher frequency and a production of biophotons. So what do you think about light? You think it's pretty cool? I do. I do think light's pretty cool. You know, right now there's a polar vortex. It's like negative 40 degrees, negative 50 degrees over in the Midwest of America right now. Some people are saying, oh, what about global warming? You know, and you've, you've heard me say this because we've had such a crazy environmental year last year and the year before, you know, we were going to have a fierce backlash. Could this be that fierce backlash? Because they are engineering things. Bill Gates, Harvard, all these people, the CIA, they're getting involved in what they call stratospheric aerosol injections. Spraying aluminum, barium, and strontium in our skies. Modifying the weather. Cloud seeding, that's, you know, we get that harp using frequencies to excite the atmosphere or the ionosphere to produce uh, uh, the desired outcomes. Now, and I want to get this on record since we're talking about light and its beauty, now there are studies that warn geoengineering could cause a rise in global neurological diseases. This is by Sophia Anderson. She's a staff over at Waking Times. We put this up January 29th. And before I get into this, the reason why I'm trying to connect this to, 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 to light, receiving information, biophotons, our consciousness, the environment, we're all connected. Humanity is connected. This is why you have people talking about grounding because we also receive information from our feet. We are one massive computer. We, we, I, 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 I'm getting Twitter baited. Humans are awesome, but all they want us to do is take selfies. We're capable of so much, but I didn't get enough likes, so I don't care. This is why they're trying to modify the environment, as Aldous Huxley said. You know, they could modify the environment, change the environment to change the person. We're undergoing that ultimate revolution right now. This is why so, there's so many different factors to look at. But essentially what I'm trying to get at by reading this article, geoengineering causing uh, neurological diseases, we receive our light, our information, and just so much from the sun. If they block that, it's game over. That's one of the sources that we need to get back to. You see, how we're able to perceive things, interpret energy, interpret light, all of that, it, 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 it comes from that big old guy up there. What is it, Helios? I forget like what a what what another term for the sun is. But this is this is so compelling, it's crazy to think about. I'm only gonna read a little bit uh, of this article, but it says uh, Earth's climate is changing at an unprecedented rate. With each passing year, there are increasing occurrences of record-breaking temperatures, species going extinct, and volatile weather patterns. Yes, unfortunately, I forgot to. I didn't get around to posting it this week, uh, but the giraffe has now been added onto the, ex the, the, the endangered species list. That's right. Those long necks, sons of guns, your children may not be able to see them because of anthropogenic climate change. 
Instead of addressing the root cause of climate change, government agencies have implemented secretive, large-scale geoengineering projects in an effort to deliberately modify the Earth's climatic system. Around 10 years ago, the concept of geoengineering was viewed as nothing more than a conspiracy theory, but today, the evidence and harmful effect of geoengineering has brought the reality of these government programs into the public spotlight. Declassified governments dating all the way back to 1978. Ha! I have a list on our Instagram store or in our Instagram highlights that shows patents that go back to the 1800s revealing geoengineering because that's how far back this type of stuff goes. Uh, but continuing on, declassified government documents dating all the way back to 1978 reveal that geoengineering is much more than a conspiracy theory. These documents expose the existence of several federally funded research programs and committees dedicated to weather, for weather modification. There is also evidence that geoengineering efforts still continue to this day. In 2014, a CBS News crew interviewed physicist Dr. Michio Kaku. In the interview, Dr. Kaku revealed that scientists were conducting large-scale weather modification experiments that involved shooting lasers and nanoparticles into the sky. Here's that thought about lasers again. Evidence suggests that the nanoparticles that scientists are using to stabilize the climate include high concentrations of toxic aluminum. Oh, there it is. I, I keep telling you, I got no business lying to you. In fact, a groundbreaking scientific study led by Dr. Marvin Herndon, a nuclear chemist and geochemist, found, quote, evidence of geoengineering activity that has occurred for at least 15 years. The geoengineering activity via tanker jet aircraft and places a non-neutral toxic substance in the Earth's atmosphere, which results in the release of large amounts of aluminum nanoparticles. Some of the most common sources of aluminum exposure include municipal water, food, canned beverages, and prescription drugs. In these cases, the human body can only absorb around 0.3%, 0.3% of the aluminum because of the intestinal tract provides a considerable amount of protection. This means most people can handle a fair amount of exposure before damage occurs. And that's crazy. There you have it. They're spraying the aluminum and the nanoparticles, shooting lasers into the sky to control the weather. And you can also find more of that aluminum in your drugs, in your opioids. That's why they want to give it to you. This is why you also hear me say, too, okay, with the weed. Now you got Monsanto and Bayer getting involved. We got these chemtrails up here that they're spraying God knows where, when, how many times a day. Now you have a, 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 a pharmaceutical giant and an agricultural giant merging together. And they're going to get involved in medical marijuana. Nobody talks about it, but so is Microsoft. You see, this is also the argument, not even, not even the argument, this is what I'm curious to put to, 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 to vegans with the kind of chemical cocktails that they're spraying on this type of stuff. This is just agriculture that we're talking about, environmental stuff, like I was trying to point out to you guys, receiving information from the sun. They're trying to block that out. And on a deeper level, they're trying to block out the, vo the, the voice of God. They're trying to block out everything, keep us in this, in this endomed uh, 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 world. Keep us in this, this, this endowed structure to where we can't really hear other things that are going on, perceive higher dimensions, you see, because they're trapping us here. This is what I meant before by density, you see. This is the, that's what I mean by multidimensional. Uh, when we were talking about you know, how our bodies are tied to light and consciousness, biophotons, and how in, throughout history you see these people depicted with, 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 with rings around their heads, halos, so to speak. It's because they are able to hear the voice of God. They have, attained, they have attained 
that nirvana. But nowadays, what do we call enlightenment? What do we call nirvana? We call it woke. This is what I mean by engineering enlightenment. I, I, apparently, I'm not woke enough to let a pedophile read to my child. I'm not woke enough to take some acid that's going to erode my brain. I'm not woke enough, you see, and that's, that's it. That's, that's how quickly these people do that. They, think, they make you think that you're, you're woke, you're hip to some stuff, but that's not true enlightenment. True enlightenment is realizing that we are all that it is. And that is that this that this this that now is all we have, that there is more, and that we are the vector point between chaos and order, and that we are supposed to bring heaven upon this earth, and that we have to literally listen for literally listen to 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 the extra dimensional, multidimensional messages that we're being sent. You know, whenever we had a, a few guests on, I think prior to season five and season six, you guys heard me ask a lot of our guests, you know, do you pray or do you meditate? And the reason I, I asked that is because of everything we're talking about here. Do you hear the energies? Do you hear the messages that are being put out there? When I talk, when I, that's, that's, that's why sometimes I don't even like reading the articles and getting into all of the politics and reading it like I'm some kind of newscaster. You know, I, I, I like letting these things come to me naturally and then getting into this mindset and into this frequency and then recalling not only the facts that I need, but also the information that's important to convey. You see, and I've, t I've spoken on this before, how it's, how it's even down to the terminology, how we, ex how we express things. Information and data are how computers communicate. Knowledge and wisdom is how humans communicate. You can pass so much knowledge through, through, through generations and through legacy. You can't do that. I can't get off the same information from my, my iPhone 4 onto my iPhone 7. So you see, I suppose what I'm really trying to say at a deeper level is can you understand how they are trying to split you into multiple versions of yourself? We are here, corporeally, physically, on the earth, but these people are trying to separate you from you. Crazy. And how does this tie in? <laughs> I didn't, how, does, how does this tie in? Uh, to, to to Kingdom Hearts, you know, some people aren't even asking that. Well, I played, uh, yeah, I played Kingdom Hearts, but and, I, and I'm at this section in the game right now uh, where the main character uh, discovers that there's two other hearts inside of him. So I've been playing this game for quite some time, uh, and as I said before at the start of the show or at the previous segment, uh, within this game, this kid goes into a stasis period and then he wakes up grown you know it's like he's put inside this one of those ecto ectogenesis chambers um, and then he's just fed all this information and he, and he grows naturally uh, but he's like through this he's, he's like in this accelerated learning program within the stasis you see and 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 how all this kind of ties together I, I think is what I'm trying to say is that there are versions of you that are operating here physically but there are also versions of you operating in, in realms you can't comprehend but but understanding that you're operating in realms that you're that, that that you don't think or that you can't comprehend is essential so that you can still do that work that's required in those other dimensions and in those other realms and it boils down to things like light like understanding uh uh who we are where we come from you know the other day I was thinking or kind of, you know, joking around, really, 
you know, how have we become like a, a, a race with amnesia? Well, we have, <laughs> we have the attention span of a goldfish. We, we get mind controlled. We get broken. We get uh, conditioned. Psychosis, dementia, Alzheimer's, diseased. And because we don't write things down or, or, or etch them in stone or build great monuments to the time frame that we're in, we don't remember anything. We have a short time here on this planet. A short but great time. It, 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 it truly is just crazy to think about all the things that humans have done, will do, uh, because of just, 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 just the, the, the beauty of things. Like, there are so many things that... The, let me get into this article. Start wrapping this stuff up. So I'm sure you guys are not... You're, you're definitely not here to hear me rant and ramble on some crazy other stuff. But uh, to start wrapping this, <laughs> this article up for you guys. This article came out the other week. And I had too many flat earthers start hating us. And that's great. Uh, but what I what I I suppose I, what I really wanted to talk about is you know because I've it's just that UFOs warp gates star warp drives and stargates the secret list of Pentagon research progress revealed uh, we have you know DIA uh, reports about things like Project Stargate Project Centerlane Project Sunstreak and more and Project Stargate uh, you know and, and and I think what I'm really trying to get at is that there are so many mysteries in the world that we can't find them on social media, YouTube, and Instagram uh, simply because of we're looking for hashtags. Uh, and, and we have a lot of armchair researchers. I might be one of them. But there, there, there's, I, I just take for, I, take, I trust the stuff that's out there. And I'm able to put everything together the way that I am, the way that I do, from the research that I've got, from who's, who, who I've talked to, uh, who's, who's been involved, uh, what I've seen, and more. Like I said before, there's information out there that's not out there for the public. Uh, and if you know the right kind of people, they can get it for you. What I'm trying to say is that there's information you know, about these warp drives and stargates. There's other stuff out there. There are extra dimensions. And whenever we limit ourselves here, and I'm, when we limit ourselves only to the, to the terrestrial aspect of things, we really begin to ignore the concept of dimensions of space and, that, and, and, and more. I suppose, you know, when looking at this from a flat earth perspective, you know, people will say, well, you can't get past the dome because of the Van Allen radiation belt. That's all well and fine. Uh, I truly believe that people, I, I, people have got, we've gotten past it. We might not have it now. People have gotten past it. Uh, there are other realms. There are other spaces out there. There's other dimensions as well. Even if we are inside this dome, inside this marble, there are other marbles in this bag then you got to ask the bag, the galaxy, where do we come from? So there are other spaces and there's other dimensions for sure. Uh, you know, this is why we, this is why I do the paranormal perspective so that I can get into the mindset and the modality of something else right there living amongst us that we can't even see. And we're still talking about light. You see, uh, this is why I look at things like, uh, the Thunder Energies Corporation and how they've done, uh, uh, uh investigations into ITEs, invisible terrestrial entities of the first and second kind, and how through uh, a concave or a convex lens, they're able to see through certain spectrums of light, and they're able to notice intelligent forms, intelligent uh, 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 entities, intelligent pieces of light 
hovering over civic areas, military institution, military installations, and population centers. So there is something here amongst us, even even here terrestrially, that we can't see. And I'm not talking about invisibility cloaks. You know that would have some kind of form, a, a humanoid corporeal form. These are things that seem almost ethereal, as if they're 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 they, do, they don't have form because they're almost spirit. So at a deeper level, what I'm really trying to say is that information's coming out about the spirit world, and they're having to develop new types of technologies to understand it. Quantum, techno- quantum entanglement, quantum computing, and all these types of things. This is why we've talked about, or why, why people should look into things like the holographic universe, the simulation theory, the electric universe, and things of this nature. Uh, part of me I'll say this and I'll get into this article because I'm, I'm we're towards the end of the show. I'm ranting. I'm trying to say a whole lot. Uh, but this is why when Elon Musk talks about uh, the simulation theory, how we could be living in a matrix already, you know, and, and, and again, another reason why I pay attention to what's going on with CERN. They recently talked about, really, uh, about building a, a, a facility four times bigger. We could have been shifted to a alternate timeline. We have so many computers running, tracking things that, again, that's what I mean by them locking us down here is because we have so many things that are trying to run code uh, 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 simulate society, simulate reality, do all this type of stuff we have so many different computers and I hope I'm effectively explaining this to people uh, that, 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 and this is what I was saying in the previous segment, that we could be underneath the rule of an AI but then you have to ask the question of who put in that code couldn't be, couldn't be Mark Zuckerberg, couldn't be Tim Cook, couldn't be Jacob Rothschild, couldn't be David Rockefeller. It has to be something else, something not of this world that would seek to control it. Uh, but let me get into this article. It's from Sign of the Times. Put this up January 23rd. The article title is Declassified UFO Documents Reveal Pentagon's Tech Wish List. They want warp drives, invisibility cloaks, and manipulating extra dimensions. Space is a hostile environment. Most of the hostility is inherent. A void cannot itself be accommodating to humans, and the projects that do sustain human life in orbit do so by creating tiny livable pockets encased in proverbial tin cans. That space could be a vector for other threats become clear from the dawn of the space race. Wow. Uh, Fix that sentence. A missile that can carry a satellite into orbit could carry a much deadlier payload to somewhere else on Earth. And so space both became a place to put early warning systems and the path by which weapons would pass through on their way to doomsday. In order to prepare for new threats from or through the great beyond, the Pentagon spent $22 million between 2007 and 2012 researching a number of speculative threats under an advanced aerospace threat identification program. So basically, the Pentagon got involved in UFO technology. And now, because they have the Space Force being announced, they can't hide it. They can't hide it. Too many people have come out talking about it. The trail is there, and people are waking up. They're they're, they're catching on. So, I'm not going to get into the whole aliens thing, uh, but essentially, you know, I, I thoroughly believe that what we think of as the Space Force is the military-industrial complex, the deep state, engaging 
in these types of uh, 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 these types of operations. But let me continue on. It says how speculative. One of the studies was called warp drive, dark energy, and the manipulation of extra dimensions. On January 16, 2019, the Defense, Adve the Defense Intelligence Agency released a list of 36 research titles funded by the funded by the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which includes the above title on warp drives, one on invisibility cloaking, and another about stargates. All three technologies have found a home in fiction, powering the spaceships of the Star Trek universe, the in-fiction specific, specific weapons of the uh, Romulans and the Klingons, as well as their entire Stargate franchise. Uh, the research papers were just one of the advanced aerospace threat identification programs. Uh, which looked, which also looked at identifying, uh, which also looked at unidentified flying objects, included recovery recovered alloys of unknown origin. The program, funded secretly, largely at the direction of the then state Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, uh, with backing from Ted Stevens of Alaska and Daniel Inouye of Hawaii, could easily be written off as a fanciful jaunt to see how reality matches up with fiction. Yet, of note. In the DIA's list of 38 studies and many others, with some immediate applications. Well, that's a very, very, that's very, very strangely written article. Uh, but essentially, what they're talking about is how they have put and funded this type of research, put and funded uh, this type of technology out there, and how it's affecting things. Now, hopefully, more information can come out. Hopefully, we can get our hands on those types of documents and see what was actually going on. But what I'm trying to point out in just this segment to kind of wrap things up for you guys is that there is more to life than politics. There's more to life than what they show you on the news. And if we continue to play into their circus, we'll begin to love our servitude. We will become the clowns, you see. And yes, everything that you see taking place is, is happening. Yes, some of it is a tragedy. Yes, some of it is a, is a blessing. But it's dependent upon us to take this, these new ideas into the future and build something with it. You see, if we forever play down in the dirt with them, we're going to remain dirty. If we realize that these people and their antics are beneath us and strive for a new and build that better tomorrow, combating them at every single, well not really combating them, overstepping them at every single angle, innovating and growing, they will have no control over us. You see... I'll say this <laughs> to, to, to kind of wrap things up a little bit. Uh, they are in, in Kingdom Hearts 3, just got done playing the Monster Inc. section, Monstropolis, right? They realize that laughter is ten times more powerful than sadness. But the villain at Monster Inc., Monsters Inc., he, he, he begs to differ. He says if we break the children early... They'll be sad their whole lives. Laughter. A kid laughs and then they stop. Then you have to do it all over again. But if you break them young, they'll remain sad forever. And so as I'm playing this game, I'm seeing all of the different types of clues that they're trying to tell you from the different selves, the games that those in the shadows play, the manipulation that's taking place, and how we have to remain vigilant and stay focused on our end goal which is to liberate humanity from the shackles of control. And if we don't, we know what our future is. We know what the future holds in store for us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Deep State Debauchery, Technocratic Simulations, and Engineering 
enlightenment. necessarily chattels as conscious individuals and this is what you've seen me talk about a lot recently we have got to maintain our independent thought and retain the individual that uniqueness that beauty that is you throughout this entire episode i tried to talk basically about the multidimensional human because i truly believe that we are some very very powerful beings i think we'll be talking about this and more all throughout the season and throughout the air However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I have a few products that I would like for you guys to check out in the in the description bar below. Your guys' purchases as well as your exclusive memberships help keep us on the air, help us diversify the content, and also launch some of these projects uh, that we're going to do. But like I said, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noizero, Freedom Faction, out.